0: Here's Pastor Scott. I'm going to preach to you this morning out of our book of the month. I knew it. I knew it when I started it uh, that God was going to test me on this series preaching. Uh, I have something so burning in my spirit today from the gospel of St. Mark that I need to get it out, and we will regather with the blueprint teaching. But this morning I'm going to preach to you out of Mark's gospel, chapter 8, verse 34. You can turn there if you have your Bibles. It'll be on the screen when we get there. Which side is the air working on? Glory to God. We get way over here. We get way way over there. We're reading through the Gospel of Mark this month as our book of the month. And I want you to read through it. If you get through it once, that's fine. Two or three times, that's fine. If you read a portion of it, that's fine. It's more important that you understand What you read God said with all you're getting get understanding and this morning. I want you to receive the word of the Lord I want you to stretch your mind and believe in a supernatural God that can speak all the way from heaven right down into your chest I want this word to penetrate past your hearing and into your spirit so that change can take place In our lives this morning, so I want you to to pay attention, to focus, to lock in. Look at somebody and say, lock in. In In Mark chapter 8, verse 34, the Bible says, Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. I want to preach to you this morning from a question. Do you want to be his follower? pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I pray now that you would anoint my mouth and my mind. God, I pray that you would fill me with your words and with your thoughts. God, I pray that you would speak to us today what you would have us to hear. We trust in you and we recognize our need for you, God. So I pray that you would have your way in Jesus name. Amen. Jesus has been On the earth, in this time, set up a context for you, a little backstory. Jesus has been preaching. Jesus has been teaching. Jesus has been telling his disciples what is to come. And they know what is to come for him. He's already told them he's going to be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. They know the way that Jesus is going. They know what his outcome is going to be. And listen, they don't like it. They didn't want Jesus to leave. They didn't want Jesus to die. They didn't want Jesus to to go and be crucified. They didn't understand uh, exactly everything that was going on. And I want to tell you this morning, we don't understand everything that's going on. We don't understand everything that's going on in heaven. We don't understand everything that's going on in earth, but we trust God. And he had told them what was going to happen, and here he begins to tell them The price of following him. And if you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to understand this plainly. There is a price for following him. There is a high price for following him. There is a consistent price for following him. There is an unrelenting price for following him. And there is an uncomfortable price for following him. Listen, you've heard it said before of other things. I'll say it to you today about fellowship: If it was easy... Everybody would do it. But it is not easy because there is a price to be paid. Before I get into teaching this morning, I just want to testify and give glory to God. Yesterday made nineteen was the 19-year anniversary of the founding of this church on June 6, 2001. We began as a ministry. I should have called Amber uh, last night because... Uh, Amber was there on our first service, and, and she's the only person who's still uh, coming to church here with us after 19 years. Through 19 years, we've had successes, we've had faith. Listen, Amber's the only person in this church that uh, predates Jacob coming, unless we count him coming into mother's womb. Gail was pregnant with Jacob when we started this church on June 6, 2001, he he. He jumped out into the world in August uh, 19th. Don't test me. Don't test me. August 19th. Some of y'all men, some of y'all men my age, y'all can't remember the dates. August 19th, uh, two months after. But many, many, many lives uh, have, have come through this church. Some stayed, some left. All were touched by God. Lots of victories, lots of defeats. I've I've done some good things, and I've done some bad things. I've had some fun, and I've had some tragedy. But I want to thank God publicly this morning that through it all, he has never failed, and his love has always been there. Even when the air conditioner don't work. (laughs) Hallelujah. Listen, I'm going to tell you all what. Uh, wait, wait till the offering comes, and I remind y'all, if y'all want to get this air conditioner fixed, we're going to have to call somebody this week. I'll save that, though, because I want you to focus on the word of the Lord. Listen to our text this morning, Mark 8, 34. Oh, hold on. Before I get to that, let me tell y'all something. Y'all know what the church got me for our 19-year church anniversary as the founding and only pastor in the history of this church? Tell them, Dick. Nothing. Nothing. Same thing they got me for the anniversary last year. Same thing they got me for my birthday. Same thing they gave me for Christmas. Same, same thing they, they gave me for New Year's. Pastor, you know what? Same thing they gave me for Pastor Appreciation Week last year and the year before that. You say, well, are you bitter about it? No. What, what I'm upset about is pastors all around the country stealing from the church. I, 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 I hear it all the time. I've talked to pastors, they're like, oh, I just got back from a 10-day from all-expenses-paid trip for me and my whole family to Jamaica. What'd that cost? $18,000. Ooh, man, that must have hurt. Didn't hurt me. The church paid for it. It is my anniversary. You got 18 members, and they gave you $18,000 to go smoke weed in Jamaica? Pastor, church with 11 members, three armor bearers, some dude carrying the preacher's Bible to speak to two families. Y'all act like I'm not telling the truth. Tell you, though, I thank God. People ask, I have people ask me uh, what, what I want for my birthday, what I want for this, what I want for that, and I thank God that I'm always able to tell them the same thing i, I don't want anything because i don't need anything god has been good to me and, and i and i hope that we all can agree with that even for your own situation god has been good to you so let's get into this in mark eight thirty four, the scripture says then comma now that's not even a whole lot to say before punctuation amen I've always told you, pay attention to the punctuation. Take the Bible in bite-sized pieces. The punctuation helps us to slow down. So we got to understand then when is then? Then is always after. After what's already happening, Jesus does something after what's happened, and he calls the crowd to join his disciples. I thank God for a Savior who is calling. Softly and gently, we used to sing, Jesus is calling. And, and, and Jesus is still calling to us today. Jesus has a call for every person in this room. If you're not yet saved, he's calling you to salvation. If you are saved, he's calling you to higher ground. If you've been walking with him for years, he's calling for you to follow him completely. There's always a call from the Lord, and I thank God that He calls us even when we don't deserve it. I thank God He, he doesn't, uh, well, well, many people have said it this way He doesn't qual- call the qualified, He qualifies the called. He didn't call us to be His servants because we were all that. He's making us great because He's in us to to effect change in the earth. But Jesus is calling. How do I know know He's still calling today because He never changes? If He was calling then, He's he's calling now. And He called the crowd to join His disciples. I want you to know there's some disciples in this room. Now, the root word of disciples... A disciple is disciplined, and there's some people who live a disciplined life. I'm tired of hearing people say, nobody's living for the Lord in 2020. That's a lie, and you need to keep that out of your brain. There are people living for the Lord in 2020. There are people who are reading their Bible, saying their prayers, making good choices. There are people putting God first. There are some disciples in this place, and if you are not walking a disciplined life to follow Jesus, his life, and his teachings, I want you to know he's calling you today to join us. He he's calling the crowd to join his disciples and he said if any of you wants to be my follower you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. So there is a cost here, there is a price here of fellowship. He said if any of you wants to be my follower. I want to break this down for you this morning and, and share with you some things right out of the word of God that are designed to help you understand followship. He first starts off by asking you uh, or by saying if any of you wants to be my follower. So I'll ask you again the title of the message. Do you want to be his follower? Oh, if we had time and honest and enough honesty in the room. I just start with Deacon West, go all the way around person by person and ask you sincerely, do you want to be his follower? People mostly want comfort and want ease. Let me ask you this. What, what if we just turn the air condition off on this side of the building and everybody on this side of the building was as hot as the people on that side. Now, y'all, y'all suffering for Jesus this morning. I'm just playing. That ain't suffering. You're sitting in a padded chair. But I, people want comfort. People want ease. People want, listen, you might have noticed this morning driving in here, we don't have a perfect parking lot or even an unflooded parking lot. As I was walking in the side door, because the, the, the back door, because the side door is flooded, the, your son bounded outside he didn't mean to jump so hard into that giant puddle that was awaiting him. Uh, but, you know, his shoe is wet. Just keep an eye on that. Flooded parking lot, flooded sidewalks, flooded doorways, air-conditioned, not working. You know what people want when they go to church? They want pristine, beautiful. They want comfort. They want people to, to cater to them. We took, Listen, I'm not mad at them, but I'm going to tell you this. You ain't getting a gift every time you come to church, uh, They handing out all these gifts and begging people to come back to church. There's nothing in the Bible that says if you want to follow Jesus, let us parade you with gifts and, and, and promote how great you are. This church is churches just begging for members. You can look at all these empty seats and see we're not begging for members. God don't need one more person to follow him, but he'll allow one more person to follow him. We need him more than he needs us. This is what this generation doesn't understand. You have people say stuff like that. I'll never go back to such and such church. They've probably been praying that on you. (laughs) How dare that? How dare you? Well, they didn't even call me when I, you didn't even call them. Mm. People want everything catered. To them, so what? I think it's a relevant question to ask this morning. Do you want to be His follower, or do you want Him to be your genie in a bottle? You just want to rub up on the bottle every now and then, have Jesus pop out and fix all your ills? Cater to all your wants and whims and wishes. Just give you three magic wishes and maybe you'll do. People come to Jesus when they're on the down. Oh, God. Hey, listen. I wasn't really coming to Jesus when I was an alcoholic and a drug addict. But every now and then, especially when those dry heaves would kick in, I'd be laying sideways on the floor just high enough to get my mouth over the ledge of the toilet. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Just because, oh, God, if you'll just may, stop that. I didn't mind. Listen, I don't. This is gross. So cover years. I didn't mind vomiting all the way that bad. But when the dry heaves kicked in, I made some, I'll follow you forever, God. Just make this, the room starts, some of y'all don't know about the room. That room starts spinning. I'd be like, oh, God, you just, (laughs) just let this, ah. People say they'll follow God to get themselves better. I'm going to tell you this morning, I'm not following God. What he can do for me I'm following God because he's worthy I'm following God because he's the only one Worth following I'm following God Because he lets me follow him And his path is the right path Do you want to be His follower or do you just Want him to show up when You need him Nothing wrong with calling out to God When you're in trouble The psalmist cried unto God when he was in distress And God heard his prayer. The same God will hear our prayer when we are in distress. God said to come, that we can come to him in our time of need. But I want to tell you something. If you only cozy up to God when you're trying to get something from him. See, people think that, that hardship causes people to turn away from God. That's not true. Hardship causes real Christians to press into God. But the question remains, do you want to be his follower? Because he said if. Put the verse back on the screen for me, Elder. He said, if you, no, yeah, there it is in the middle. If any of you wants to be my follower. Why would Jesus have to preface this by saying, if you want to be my follower? Because some do and some don't. There are people in this room, we got some some do and some some don't. I'll, 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 I'll tell it this way. I heard, I heard it said in a movie one time, be a doer. Don't be a donter. Be a doer. Do you want to follow? If you want to follow him, be a doer. Too many people being a donter say they want to follow him, but then when everything doesn't go their way, they're not following him. Say they want to follow him when it works out for them on their time frame, but then they don't. He said, if you want to be my follower. I I wonder if the Lord came in the room right now and just split the room on on one side to the other and said, everybody who truly wants to follow me, get on the Lord's side. It's been asked many times, many ways, whose side are you leaning on? The, the, The scripture says, choose you this day who you will serve. We, we got people serving self more than anything. We got more people serving self. The Bible says in the last days, men would love pleasure more than God. Well, we see that on the regular. And you need to ask yourself, do you really want to be his follower? And before you just throw a quick yes out there, remember the same Lord that said this said that you ought to count the cost. The same Lord that said this said that you shouldn't even try to start doing something if, you don't, if, if you're not going to see it all the way through to the end. And I hope that you have a desire to see it all the way through to the end. Think about all the people that started saying they were going to follow Jesus. Think about all the people that said God called them to do this, that, and the other thing. I want to tell you something. Even just in, in these last 19 years of my life, in 19 years, I've had 17,311 times that I, that I wanted to quit this church. 17,311 different times I said... I don't even know if I'm going to keep up with this. 17,311 times I could have just said, you know what? I'll hand this mic off to somebody else. Let somebody else be judged unfairly. Let somebody else have rocks thrown at them. Let somebody else try the best they can to be criticized and hated on. 17,311 times I thought, you know what? I would just cash it in. But here's what I know when it comes time to think about cashing it in. He never quit on us, and we should never quit on him. Do you want to be his follower? It's a good question because he, he, he's going to tell them that there's a cost, and I want you to know there's a cost. I hear people say all the time, "Oh, We need Pentecost power. We need to get back to the first church. We need to get back to loving each other. I want to tell you something. You wouldn't want to have been part of that first church. You wouldn't want to have been part of that first church. That first church had, had at least by named out, 16 different nationalities at Pentecost, 16 Medes, Parthians, Scythians. There were people from every color and every background. Most of them hated each other and didn't even want to eat together. Some of them, the Jewish people, man, you want to think some folk are racist. And listen, I'm all for the Jewish people. My God is Jewish. And God came to save the Jew first and also the Gentile. But I told you all last week that, man, Jewish people were so biased against every other race on the planet they wouldn't walk on the same side of the street now every now and then we cross the street when we see certain elements coming toward us but we don't feel like we got to go home and bathe ourselves if you brush past a jew and you weren't a jew in the first century they had to go and make ceremonial cleansing just to get your stink off them that's how they felt about all those other races of people that showed up at pentecost Groups of people that have been warring against each other. Groups of people that have been oppressing each other. Groups of people that had hated each other. All now coming under one place for this man, Jesus Christ, to follow him. Oh, it's not easy to follow the Lord. Because the Lord will call you to do things that aren't comfortable. The Lord will call you to do things his way and not Your own way. Every mega church in America right now is letting people do things their own way. But I am determined, no matter how many times I stumble, no matter how many times I fall, I am determined to do things God's way. That doesn't mean we get it right all the time, but we do confess and make as our declaration that His way is right and we will follow His way. He said, if you want to be My follower. The Lord didn't take for granted everybody listening to him talk wanted to be his follower. Some wanted the fishes and the loaves. Some wanted their spouse to shut up and say, I came and listen, I asked people, there's people to come to church just to shut up the folk in their house. Kids come to church, so so parents are quit nagging them. Spouses come to church, so spouses are quit nagging them. I don't know what everybody's reason for coming to church is, but I want to believe in my heart there's some people in this room right now that come to church because they could answer this question in the affirmative. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, God, I want to be your follower. Can I get five people to say amen? All right. Now, if you put yourself in that box, Jesus has got some criteria for you. People talk about wanting to get back to Pentecost. They want the power of Pentecost, but it's pentecost what Cost. There's a cost to having the power of God on your life. There's a cost to walking closely with God. There's a cost to being his follower. And he says it clearly in this passage of Scripture. He said, if you want to be my follower, he said, you must turn From your selfish ways. Do we have that on the screen? You must turn from your selfish ways. Now let me ask you. Why would Jesus tell the people who want to follow him that they had to turn from selfish ways? Because they got selfish ways. I want to tell you something. In this room, from that wall to that back wall, from that wall to that wall, and every breathing human being on this campus right now has selfish ways. We want what we want, and we want it now. We want it our way. That's why the favorite thing out of the mouth of new people that come to try to get involved in our church uh, or any church in America, they they want to tell, well, the way we did it at our old church. They're not trying to tell nobody how they did it at their old church. They're trying to tell you how they want you to do it at this church. Now, it may well be the way they did it at their old church, but they don't tell you everything about their old church because their old church is their old church because they left their old church because they didn't want to be at their old church anymore. So they're not saying their old church was perfect. What they're saying is, I want you to do it this way so they, they, they couch it with that expression. Well, the way we did it, Reverend, at our old church. Uh, listen, selfish. Well, I think what we should do here, you don't think what we should do anywhere. You think what you want for you. Mm, people don't love it. People don't love it. Listen, you don't have to love Brussels sprouts, but they say they're good for you. I don't know because I don't eat them. But I know the truth will set you free. Jesus said you must turn from your selfish ways. I wish that we could get honest enough to admit that as a human race, we are selfish. Now, some of y'all think, I ain't as selfish as so-and-so. Well, we're not as selfish as thus and thus. Listen, victimhood mentality, blame game, justifying what you're going, blaming somebody else, acting like, we all have selfish ways. I believe with all my heart. Racism is taught, but selfishness is born. I believe hatred is taught, but selfishness is born. You are born to be selfish. If you don't believe it, watch the nursery. If you don't believe it, get a child. They learn how how to say mine real quick, and they hold on to that till the grave. Now, you can make the grave the last breath you take, or you can do what Jesus said, and you can die to yourself every day. But selfishness is born into us. And Jesus said, you must turn from your selfish ways. That's what it says in in this version, in this New Living Version that we're reading out of today. But in many other versions, it says you must deny yourself. If there's one unpopular message in the world, it is to tell people to deny themselves. That's why I don't like dieting. You're going to tell me I can't eat fried chicken, we're out. I can't eat kettle, uh, what what are they called? Kettle what? Uh, Kettle chips. Dina called me the other day. She said, I'm in the store. I see these kettle chips. You want them? I said, don't be crazy. You know I want them. Bring me a bag of kettle chips. You're going to tell me I can't drink four liters of Dr. Pepper every day? What are you drinking? Listen, why do I do these things? Because I'm selfish and I want what I want. Deny it, listen, this is why people don't diet well, because diet means you got to deny things that you want. This is why people don't stay married in America. You know, in America now, we're past the tipping point. It crept up, crept up, crept up, divorce rate, divorce rate crept up, crept up. Do you realize now that more divorces, more marriages in America end up in divorce than end up sticking? It's a fact. Look it up. More marriages fail than succeed. Does that mean there's something wrong with marriage? No, that means there's something wrong with us. Marriage is God's design. Marriage is what God gave to humanity. God made one man for one woman. A man ought to have one wife for life. It doesn't always happen that way. Why? Because people are selfish. Well, you don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she did to me. You don't know what they put me through. You don't know. Listen, if we would deny ourselves, if we would truly be following him, we would turn from our selfish ways. Listen, don't y'all wish that we could have, I don't know how they decided in America that we would have five work days. Why, Why do we have the weekend only two days? We ought to make the weekend Monday through Friday. Forget that. Make the weekend all all month. Listen, we people want, how many of y'all know kids are, my kids are like, hey, Dad, it's first day of of summer vacation. They told me that the other day, like, you've been home for months, sleeping in, sleeping in to, to the bed so uncomfortable you had to get your young bones out of it. Now, some of y'all are like, I don't sleep in on my day off. I, I break the sheets 430 no matter what. That's because you got a bad bladder and a bad back. That's all. That's all. Why, why do people want to sleep in? Why, why? Because, we're, because people want what they want. Jesus said you must turn from your selfish ways if you want to be his follower. This is a high cost. Say high cost. Well, why should I turn from my selfish ways? Pastor don't turn from his. He's still drinking Dr. Pepper. I'm going to do me. My deficiency does not give you an excuse to break the word of God. Jesus said that we must all turn. Well, as soon as everybody else gets right, I'll get right. Uh, You'll find hell will be your portion. Play with God if you want to jesus said if you really want to be his follower you got to deny yourself and turn from your selfish ways i want you to really think about the things that 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 you feel deep in yourself that you see every time i'm gonna tell you the truth every time if me And Deacon West, if we're talking about God, if we're talking about life, if we're talking about family, it's all good, everything is fine. But if he wants to talk to me about college football, then there might be a little rub right there. We can talk about basketball and be good. We can talk about baseball and be good. We can talk about our children and be good. We can talk about how God has kept us together all these many years and be good. We can talk about the fact that we both owned Uh, homes in the same neighborhood, and be good. Uh, But it's that subject, it's that subject is when that college football comes up and he wants to say, Tallahassee, that I get that itch in the back of my neck. He wants to talk. Yeah, no, it's it's Seminole football. I I don't care nothing about Seminole football. I I mean, you know, they don't even make a good backup Florida team. They ain't even in the top two teams in the state of Florida. They ain't even in the top three now. UCF's done jumped into the thing. But why, why is there that itch? Why, why is there that rut? Now, we love each other through it, and we laugh about it. But, but when he says, I, I see them Gators got beat yesterday, I'm like, you selfish. God hating. Discord sowing. Just, it just made you feel good. Listen, y'all know if you really are down with it. Some of y'all never been down with a team like that. Let me tell you who's real down with a team. Somebody, give me a name of a team. I, I'll, I'll show you. Who? The Dolphins. The Miami. Now, here's, now, I've been a Dolphins fan my whole life. The Dolphins are horrible. They're going to be horrible. They're going to keep being horrible. But that's your team. Now, a real fan, I'm talking about a real fan, it doesn't matter what your, what your thing is, a real fan, like if it's the Miami Dolphins, you find a real Miami Dolphins fan, they can say this and feel it down to their feet, that their favorite team is the Miami Dolphins, and who else? Anybody, uh, no, no that the, their least favorite team is who? Any, any, the, the Patriots or anybody playing against the Miami Dolphins? They root for the Miami Dolphins, and they root against everybody else. Why? Because they are self. When you, It's that thing you feel. A real Dolphin fan don't hate the Patriots. I mean, I an mean, uh, 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 average Dolphin fan don't hate the Patriots. They don't care about the Patriots. They don't care if the Patriots win, lose, or draw. They don't care what, what's happening. But the, re- with the real hard line, I, I mean, listen, real Boston Celtics, they, they don't like the Detroit Pistons. They, they don't like the, the Bulls. They don't like the Lakers because they fought battles. I remember we had a young man come to our church one time. He found out who my favorite basketball player ever in life is. My, I am the only person who has this human being as my favorite basketball player in life. No other person on the planet put this basketball player as their favorite basketball player in life. But if you walk upstairs into my loft, you're going to see a lot of fat heads. And one of them is going to be of my favorite player, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce, nobody else's favorite player. People act like Paul. <laughs> Coach Green, like, no, he sure ain't. <laughs> well, let me just get it into y'all. You know, he is the 15th all time leading scorer in NBA history. You know he's top 10 in three pointers made in steals. Uh, the, the 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 resume is strong, but he's not anybody else's favorite player. He's my and this person told me that I was so glad they're like, oh, you like Paul Pierce? I like, yeah, he's my favorite player in the NBA. And they told me this. They said, they said uh, dude's name was Ralph. He said, I hate Paul Pierce more than any other player in the NBA. And you know what I realized at that point? P must have messed up your team. You must have tried to get to the, and then I found that Orlando Magic fan. I'm like, oh, we have been slapping you all around from Jump Street. And people, they, they, they love what they love, and they hate what they hate. And when, when you start feeling animosity towards something else, it's not really because, listen, wasn't nothing wrong with Paul Pierce. He shouldn't have hated Paul Pierce for putting 48 points on his Magic and running them out of the playoffs. Paul was just doing Paul. But his selfishness, he wanted his team to win, so he had to be opposed to the team that was confronting them. This is the reason why Dolphin fans don't like Patriot fans. Because, listen, I'm going to tell you what. You can't can't hate the Patriots as much as that Patriot shirt-wearing boy over there hates the Dolphins. You can't do it. And it's because of selfishness. You really want to know what you're selfish about? Find out things that irritate you. Find out things that irritate you. Why does that irritate you? Because some kind of way it's man. Why in the world my son hates? I, he knows I grew up. I had a dolphin bedspread. I had the dolphin pillows. I had the dolphin cur- then Adina. I had the dolphin curtains. I had dolphin floor rug. I had dolphin helmet. I stood in line for three hours to get a signed autograph from Nat Moore, and nobody even knows who Nat Moore is. He knows I love the dolphin. He hates. The Dolphins. He hates the Dolphins because because they 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 won a game against his Patriots one time that he felt was important. Like y'all got nine thousand championships in Boston. Why are you sweating my Miami Dolphins? See there, and 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 so. But it's that thing you want to know where your selfishness is. Find out what irritates you when you don't get it. Find out what upsets you when it's not on your terms. Jesus said you must turn from your selfish ways. And too many people want to sit back with that. Well, I ain't turning from mine until they turn from theirs. He said you must turn from yours. Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Stop worrying. The the greatest, I don't know, maybe he is, maybe he ain't. People will tell you, though, if you ask a question who the greatest is, pro football coach is you can get some debate on that if you ask the question who is the greatest college basketball coach ever you don't get any debate on this whether he was or whether he wasn't it's become religion just to say that it was John Wooden the John Wooden well you you know people say that right Mark John Wooden, John Wooden, the UCLA, they won all them championships. Well, I mean, when you got Kareem for four years in a row, and then you got Bill Walton for four years in a row, you, you're going to have some success. But when, when you got the better players, but anyway, John Wooden said this. He didn't, sh- only coach I've ever heard say this, he didn't spend a lot of time studying the other team. He just made sure that his team was perfect in everything they did. He wasn't bitter against anybody else's success. He was just grinding on his thing. And I want to tell you something. If you stop watching what other people are doing and you just pay attention to your own thing, life will get better for you. If you're going to wait on other people to come into the line that you think they ought to be in, to get in the lane you think they ought to be in, you are going to be upset and bitter. You know why? Because we are all selfish. Oh, I wish, I wish we had the time and the honesty in the room. I would just ask people, on a scale of selfish, are you big selfish or small selfish or no selfish? And anybody that said they were small, you ain't small selfish. Jimmy Carlin back there talking small, no. Look, look his wife would tell the truth, big selfish. Is she big or small selfish? Big selfish. See, you want to know why? Because everybody in this room is big selfish. Now, if you got more than one child in the room, you might have a child that's more big selfish than the other. But push come to shove, they're all big selfish. And that's why God said that you must turn from your selfish ways because we all have selfish ways. The sad reality is some people don't want to admit theirs. Some people want to justify theirs. Some people want to say, well, my ways aren't as bad as that other people's way. And then they want to try to not pay attention to their own life. It's like if the doctor came in, and said, you need to call your family because uh, your, your, your your liver's shutting down right now. And we don't believe you're going to make it through. Uh, n- no person in their right mind says, well, I might be dying. But I ain't dying as fast as the person across the hall. <laughs> kind of ignorant foolishness is that? That's the kind of ignorant foolishness we justify. Well, I might be selfish, but I ain't as selfish as you. Understand when the Lord is speaking to you, He's speaking to you. There's a cost of fellowship, and if you're waiting on what other people are doing, if you're criticizing what other people are doing, you're never going to get yourself into the blessing place that God wants you to put. This cost for fellowship is not to stress you, to strain you. This cost for fellowship is to get us into a place where our Father can bless us. I had to tell my kids this week, I told them, if I get up anytime, day or night, and I see a dirty dish in that sink ever again, it's over for everybody in this house. I'm taking phones, TV, technology, computers, nothing. Everything can be on lockdown. Yeah. Guess what? Ain't no dirty dish in my sink today. No, sir, not a dirt. Now, do I say that? Wow, he must hate his children. He must despise them. He must just want to kill them. No, I want to be happy when I see my children. I don't want to see them messing up and making me mad, flipping dishes over, trying to find a clean bowl so I can eat some cereal. Huh? Huh? I'm not, I don't hate my children. I just don't want my children to do things that frustrate me and stop me from wanting to bless them. Are you hearing me? God don't hate us. God don't put rules on us. God don't put hardship on us because he hates us. He just wants us to get into the space of blessing. You can't be in the space of blessing with selfish ways. So we got to turn from our selfish ways. Third thing he said is take up your Cross. Now I've heard so many things said about people's cross. I've had people tell me more times than anything. Well, Rev, you know that's just my cross to bear. A cross is not something. It's not something to bear. A cross is not an irritation that you live with. Well, you know my 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 middle child is my cross to bear. No, a cross is not an irritation that you bear long term. A cross is an instrument of death. A cross is what you die on. Now, I'm not, now I'm not upset, and, and don't throw away your jewelry, uh, but a cross, they, they would have looked at you side eye if they would have seen you in the first century with a cross around your neck because a cross wasn't a piece of cool jewelry for them. They would have looked at you side eye with some cross in your earrings in the first century. A cross was not something to esteem. When Jesus was talking about it, it was an instrument of death. It'd be like you walking around with a hangman's noose off your earrings. An electric chair off your ear. It was the instrument of death. When Jesus talks about taking up a cross, everybody knew what Jesus meant. They knew that this cross was a horrible way to die. The cross that Jesus is talking about had only one purpose, and it was painful death. Yeah, well, we don't want to do. He just told us we had to give up our selfish ways. Now he's telling us we got to have painful death. There's a cost to fellowship, and everybody won't pay it, and that's why the road to heaven is narrow and the road to hell is wide. Because it's not easy to do what God has called us to do. Jesus told them they had they had to take up their cross the cross wasn't about religious ceremonies traditions and feelings it didn't give people uh, listen we sing songs now to remember the cross that look at us side out at the cross at the cross where i first saw the light they're like you glorying in that yes we glory in the cross because what it has done for us but when we think about what the cross represents we need to understand it represents painful death it it represents oh, the the way of suffering and here jesus has already told his followers that he was going to be delivered into the hands of sinful men be crucified he was going to die he had told them all throughout his ministry this is how it was going to end for him they didn't want it to end for him that way they didn't want it to end peter told him no that ain't gonna happen i'll kill anybody that tries to kill you jesus said get behind me satan that's not the way god wants it god's plan for jesus was a painful death." Why would we think God's plan for us is always going to be easy? God's plan for Jesus was the cross. And he tells us that we have to take up our cross. God expects us to die to our own self. The way of the cross is required. Self-denial is required. Giving up on your selfishness is required. Following God in the hardship is required, and that's why so many people start but don't finish. So many people start but don't finish. I know there's people in the room right now that their testimony would be about sports. If my child started a sport, they weren't allowed to quit it. Isn't that right? People are like, nope. If they started, what they really meant, I paid that $185. They're going to finish out this season. Believe that. Believe that. Man, I remember I signed up, Jake and Seth, for, for football at... Oakleaf, we moved out to Oakleaf. Uh, I walked up there. It was one hundred eighty-five dollars a piece. I thought, Lord Jesus, how good y'all gonna be? What y'all plan on winning over here with all that? And 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 then, so I go to the first meeting. They all they did. It was crazy, man. It was in the in the field. Uh, by, by, the, by, the, uh, by where the, the overpass goes over, and, and, that, and it was hot. And all they, I'm thinking we're going to do something, get some, you know, whatever, uh, sign up for uniform sizes. All they did, took the money and said, we'll call you. Man, I just gave you almost $400. I, I mean, you'll call me. You better call me. They called me for the meeting. We had a meeting. They had a meeting at that church near my house. Uh, let's name that church. Oakley Oakley, they had the Oakley Baptist Church in the Fellowship Hall. I get there, and they're like, we're going to be dedicated this year. We, we typically only practice uh, four days a week. We're going to practice all five days a week. He said, I know some of y'all go to church on Wednesday night, and we, 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 uh, we, we start every season by saying we're going to give allowance, but, but we don't have time to give allowance for church going this year. We, 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 we're going to be all in, and we're going to win this thing. And I'm thinking, well, you're going to have to give me my money back because we, we, we ain't fading church for, for your little peewee football league, okay? Little kids running around with helmets. They can't even bobble on top of their head good. But they were setting forth the cost of playing on. And listen, they didn't win anything that year, okay? So I'm glad we didn't stick it out. But they were setting forth the cost to be on their great team. And you know what I decided at that moment? It ain't worth it. Not worth it to me. Yeah, I want my son to play football, but it ain't worth it to me. It ain't worth it to me. The money the money was a stretch. I choked up the money. Once they told me the real cost behind the money, I said, no, 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 no. no. Now, some of y'all are like, if my kid starts the league, they're going to finish out the year, whether they love it or not. You expect a cost. Listen, so many people start a thing but don't finish a thing. Why? Because they find out the cost is more than they want to pay. And you need to decide, do you want to pay the cost of following Jesus? Because some people are miserable in church. Let's just be honest. Some people are trying to stay in church. They don't want to be there. Some people are trying to follow the Lord. They don't want to be there. They're ready just to go back to where they came from, ready to just go back to their old ways, just pick back up with what they used to do. Listen, if it was all that, you wouldn't have left it. Y'all not hearing me. There's a cost, and for most people, when it gets hard, they bail. And that's why Jesus told them up front. If you wanna be my follower, you gotta deny yourself. You gotta give up on your selfishness. You gotta take up your cross and you've got to follow him. Third thing, follow him. Put that on the screen. You gotta take up your cross and follow him. Now, if I say follow me, I'm a certain kind of way. I told my kids the other day, I want to show them something in the yard. We walk, I call them out in the yard, I stand in the yard waiting on them to come outside. Get their shoes on. They get, I said, follow me. I turn around. I look. They were about four steps. I said, follow me. I, you know, if you're following somebody, you need to follow them. Amen? You, if we say we're following the Lord, are we really following him or are we, are, are, are we meandering far behind? Are we walking our pace or are we walking his pace? Are, are, are we walking close or we walk in far enough to say mm. most people really don't want the hardship of fellowship the discipline of discipleship most people truly don't want to do what the lord says do or they'll do what the lord says do until it's uncomfortable They'll do what the Lord says do until they realize there's, this cost is, is difficult for me right now, and I don't know if I can take it. Let me tell you what the Bible says at the end of the book for people who don't know if they can take it. God said none of you have resisted unto blood. You haven't died for this thing yet. Jesus died for this thing. You, 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 haven't, you haven't given everything. Well, I've given everything. I can't give like Shaka Khan. I can't, do, I can't do no more. I can't do no more. You got a lot of mo." Every one of us got a lot more to give. We we can follow him closer. We can pay more cost. We can deny ourselves more. We can die to our selfishness more. Cross-bearing is not easy. And listen, it was not designed to be easy. Well, why does this have to happen? Why does that have to happen? Why do we have to go through this? Why do we have to? Why is it always this? Why is it always that? That is the voice of selfishness and the voice of lack of understanding that whatever God calls you to go through is worth it. When I, my kids didn't decide to, to get all the dishes out of the sink and make sure the kitchen was cleaned up just because they loved cleaning dishes. No, they loved their father and they love having peace in their life. And they don't want the hell I can bring on them. Do you want the hell God can bring on you? Do you want the peace God can bring on you? See, following him is not always easy. And he didn't say follow me in the easy. He said deny yourself. Give up your selfishness. His way. Now listen, he had already told them what his way was. He said follow me. He told them he was going to a painful death. Now he says follow me. If I said, follow, follow me over to the B building, and let's have an ice cream social, that's church speak for let's go eat ice cream. Some people be like, yeah, kids would be running. They'd, they'd be passing me. They'd be like, yes, praise, let's get the ice cream, ice cream. But if I say, Fo- follow me, we're going to go crawl out in that ditch and die painfully. People are like, mm, you on your own, reverend We'll watch. Say good words over you when you're gone. Bad words behind your back. Do you have on different colored pants, or are you just wet up to the knee? Okay, I'm, that's like you got on blue jeans up top and black jeans on. That's just wet. That's a puddle right there. See how the devil wants to distract people? Follow him. Listen to me, church. If you want to follow him. That's why he said, if you want to be my follower you got to turn from your selfish ways. you got to take up this instrument of death. you got to be willing to, to give up. Listen, the thing that irritates you, you got to be willing to die to it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm an irritated man right now over all this, this coronavirus. I told my kids over a month ago, this coronavirus is going to lead to a purge. Y'all know what The Purge is, that, that TV show, that movie where the government just lets everybody go out and kill everybody for one night, steal whatever they want to steal, and authorize it? Well, I didn't know it was going to lead to, a, to, to, to the, the, the type of purge we've been seeing. Saks Fifth Avenue, Rolexes, Louis Vuitton, purses, all that getting stolen. Listen, in the name of justice. Mm-mm. In the name of greed. Theft has nothing to do with justice. And what what the mayor in Atlanta said, uh, all that rioting and stealing, don't don't say you're doing that in the name of justice. There's a difference between justice and vengeance. But I'm irritated with this coronavirus. Uh, uh, Listen, I told y'all last week, coronavirus must be over because they don't talk about it no more. And I want to say this, and I'm done. The voices that are trying to lead us do not have the answer for us the voices on TV your social media crowd the memes you're sending out the videos you're watching these are not the voices to lead us these voices are saying either one a perverted message or two, a mixed message think about the mixed messages that that we're hearing when when we decided to have church without stopping church for, for the coronavirus, when they said churches shouldn't gather together, we said, no, God said to gather together. We're going to gather together. We had people say, you're, you're meeting. And this is, what, this is what they said all over the country. If you social get, they told people this for family barbecues. They shut a funeral down. They went in L.A. into a funeral, into a Jewish funeral, said y'all got to get out of here. There's too many people in here. And, and this is what they said. Gathering together like this, you're killing us. You don't care about our lives. You're putting our life at risk. You're, you're coming outside. Gathering together is killing us. Now the protests are going on. They don't care anymore about social distancing and isolation. The same people that were said you gathered together is killing us, now they're, say, now they're saying if you don't come out and support us, you hate us. They were telling us to stay away from everybody and stay at home to yourself. Now they're saying your silence is violence. So which is it? You want me to stay to myself or you want me to get out in the street? They don't have the answer because they're not my God. God has the answer in his book. The answer is not in some preacher's mouth unless the preacher is saying what the book says, unless the preacher is saying it how the book says. This is why you need to be like the Bereans. You need to examine what is being said in the name of God to find out if it is the real truth. We're living in the last days. You read the Bible, you tell me. Wars and rumors of wars. Jesus said in in our book of the month, read, read Mark, and you'll hear Jesus say that kingdom will rise against kingdom do a word study on that group kingdom is ethnicity against ethnicity and we're in a time where that's not just how we we were talking about it happening, but but uh between the serbs over there in europe we were talking about it happening with the ira the irish people we are talking about it happening with the sunnis and the shiites but now we're looking at it happening in america on streets in america And we all these same people telling us, wear a mask, stay at home, don't go to church. Now it's get out in the street, protest and riot. Uh, Same people telling us all different messages all the time. Go on a cruise, don't go on a cruise. Come down to Chinatown, don't go down to Chinatown. It's all sunshine and roses. It's all death and destruction. We got all these different voices telling us all these different things. The same governor who told people, you can't buy Uh, seeds to plant in your garden because you can't leave your house left liquor stores open abortion clinics open and is now marching in the street shoulder to shoulder been demanding that i social distance but but all that goes out the window why selfishness see the truth's the truth anyhow now, was it ever right? Was it ever wrong? I'm, I'm, not gonna let, I'm not saying it was ever right or ever wrong. God don't speak to it. But I'm telling you, the voices that are telling us what to do do not have the answer. We don't need to get our answers from TV, from social media, from bitter people, from people who, who have. Listen, I already told you, this coronavirus has irritated me beyond all reason. Y'all know I don't cook. There's only so much cereal a man can eat. We go out to eat every night. I was so glad. We're still walking around my house screaming, stand up, Georgia. I never had this much love for Georgia in my life. Georgia opened up before Florida did for outside eating. We went, the first day Georgia was open, we drove across the state line an hour from my house, 58 minutes from my house, got off at the first exit where they had a row of restaurants, and we ate at Applebee's. I saw somebody else in there from Applebee's. I asked them where they're from. They said they're from Jacksonville, and they wanted to eat out. I said, me too. <laughs> Ad about this coronavirus, mad at these people trying to take our civil rights away from us, tell us what we can and can't do, when we can. Listen, I already told y'all, they, our rights wasn't theirs to take. To, 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 hey, they can try to tell me we can't gather, we can't assemble together and worship of the Lord. That, that ain't working for me. And it's not just because the Constitution guarantees it. If I live in Pakistan, where they're killing people for gathering in Jesus' name, I'm going to gather in Jesus' name and die. If you're just looking for what tickles your fancy and, try, and, and trying to cater to your own need, Jesus said you can't follow him. We're living in bad times. We're living in times of irritation. We're living in times where voices are trying to drag us away from God and God's plan. God wants us to follow him together. God wants us to love him. Jesus said, this is how people will know that you're really following me. He said, this is how they will know you're my disciples. Those are the people who are really following him because of the way you love each other. We got kingdom against kingdom right now. We, we, we got wars and rumors of wars. We got all this division. We got riots. We got anger. Let me just address this real quick and I'm done. And you're like, ah, right, if he gets on that again, I'll leave. You know the door swings both ways. I'm here to tell the truth. I'm here to say what God put in my mouth. It's so, it's so wild to me. I, I say something that you like. Pastor, God puts his words in your mouth. I say something that you don't like from the same God. And you say, hmm, I don't know about all that. Let me say this about this, and I'm finished. These riots are, 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 are primarily based more on vengeance than they are on justice. If that wasn't the case, we wouldn't have had over 300 cops be injured already. We wouldn't have had thousands of businesses get destroyed. I saw this video. This man was, ple- no, this woman was pleading with them. A black woman pleading with them not to tear up her store. She said, how black am I? Stop doing this to me. She's screaming, black lives matter to who? I'm a black life. Stop. And they just pushing her past and tearing up her stuff. That's not based on justice. That's not based on any any good. Listen, this Hear me well. This concept, this concept is correct. Black lives matter. 100% black lives matter. And you're not hearing me say all lives matter. You're hearing me say black lives matter. But which ones? Which ones? Did her life matter to those rioters? No, their greed mattered to them. Their vengeance, their anger. The Bible says that the wrath of man did not work the righteousness of God. There's a division here. Which matter? The 39 people shot in Chicago last week? We don't know those names because their lives didn't matter because it didn't bother us. Well, I just hate to see an innocent be murdered at any time. Well, they know their name. Know their name. We got people walking through the streets, screaming, say his name. Say his name. Say his name, George Floyd. Say his name, George Floyd. Say his name, George Floyd. Floyd!" Hey, George Floyd should not have been, that cop that murdered him should go to jail forever. That man has a violent record. That man, he, the, the other cops that were sitting there, one of them on body cam said, shouldn't we turn him over? Third day on the job, this 17-year-old cop looked at him and said, he'll stay there until the ambulance. He knew what he was doing. The man should go to prison. George Floyd should not have been killed by a police officer. And them 39 people in Chicago should not have been shot either. Which lives matter? But but which lies cause riots? Mm. Now you say what you want to say, but you think about this in Jesus' name. If we're going to walk through the streets chanting, say his name, who should we be talking about? Say his name, George Floyd. Say his name, George Floyd. George Floyd should not have died. He was murdered by an evil human being that the justice system has in jail right now. The, the men that stood there and watched it are in jail right now. Now, I don't believe they're going to stay in jail because one of them was on his third day on the job and the other one was on his fourth day on the job and had a 17-year evil veteran cop telling them to, to, to mind their own business. And, and if they go to prison after telling him we should roll him over, we should, they're on body camera telling each other that, and they're scared to say something to the sergeant. They finally said something to him, and he told them no. If they go to jail, It ain't justice. If that man that killed him goes to jail, that's justice. But here's the thing. Every, listen, I, I'm tired of them saying this about, do you know every large human being is not a gentle giant? Every time I hear them talk about, if they scream and say his name or tearing something up, they say, he was a gentle giant that had given his life to God. I hope so. I hope he's in heaven right now. But I'm going to tell you this, based on the toxicology report from the autopsy that the state did, he had fentanyl and meth in his system. Based on the, uh, 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 the toxicology that his family's uh, dude, they, did the, uh, they didn't like it. They didn't like the way it came out. So his family got somebody to do an autopsy. And you know what that man said? Fentanyl and meth. Am I right, Elder? Hmm. Okay, well, does that mean, listen, is some of y'all so bent right now? Well, that don't mean he's supposed to die. Nobody said that means he's supposed to die. You're not supposed to be murdered because you're a drug addict. How are you going to say he's a drug addict? Did you? I didn't say he had weed in his system. I said this man had fentanyl and methamphetamine in his. This ain't no starter drug kit. This is the big boy drug kit. You're judging him. He was a good man. Listen, if he would have committed the last crime he committed in the state of Florida, he'd be alive right now. Because in Florida, when you home invade somebody with a gun, you go to jail for more than four and a half years. He was a gentle giant. When he home invaded that pregnant woman home alone and put the gun in her stomach and said, I'll kill you and your baby if you don't sit down and shut up. That's a gentle giant to you? This who we want to make a martyr out of? Say his name, say his name, and and get out of your feelings. I did not say he, he did not deserve to die. He wasn't no hero. And he's not the name we need to be saying. He deserves justice. His family deserves justice. He deserves real justice and that cop deserves real incarceration for the rest of his life. But I'm going to tell you this and I'm done. There ain't but one name we need to be chanting. George Floyd, the innocent man. He wasn't I mean he had done, he, had, he he was breaking the law. He wasn't all the way innocent, but he didn't deserve to die. He didn't do, what, he, 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 he didn't do what, what was worthy of what they did to him. And we need justice. And his family needs justice. And the community needs justice. And the African-American community needs to quit being disregarded and stepped on and treated less than. But there's only one name we need to be chanting. And I'll offer you this. If you don't believe me, if you disagree with me, then let's just don't scream George Floyd. Let's scream the seven-year-old girl that got killed in Chicago two weeks ago. Let's scream her name because nobody's heard it. I saw yesterday in Sydney, Australia, footnote, white as a sheet, footnote, everybody in Australia is as, 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 as white as rice on a paper plate in a snowstorm in the middle of Alaska. Okay, that's Australia. Holding up signs, I can't breathe. Holding up signs, uh, say his name. And I'm thinking, you're that upset? You're that upset? What are you doing for, for Black Lives Matter? What, what are you doing for Brianna in Chicago? Well, we don't care about that. Stop letting the world wind you up. Because hear this. If you let your personal agenda get in the way of following God, heaven will not be your home. We need to say his name. But the name is Jesus. That don't mean we don't want justice for George Floyd. We do want justice for George Floyd. That don't mean black lives don't matter. Black lives do matter. That don't mean there's not injustice in this country. There is injustice in this country. That don't mean that reform doesn't need to happen. Reform does need to happen. But the name that we need to say is Jesus. The name that we need to say is Jesus. And we have allowed the frustration of the coronavirus, the frustration of the injustice to cause us to divide and push into corners. Well, I'm mad. Okay. Well, that Bible says be angry and sin not and seek not vengeance because there's a big difference between vengeance and justice. And if you're mad, call his name, Jesus. if one of these store owners. What what, what about the police officer, retired police officer, 30 years? David Dorn. David Dorn. Who's saying his name? David Dorn was watching a friend's store for him, thinking that if a well-respected black man in the community, listen, no fentanyl, no methamphetamine, not a home invader, Never threatened to kill a pregnant woman and her baby. Served a community his whole life. A friend said, Mr. David, can you help watch my store tonight? It's all I've got. He said, you know me, I got you. You know what they did to David Dorn? They shot him dead. Shot him dead. And you know, hey, ain't no speculation on it. They got the man on video with the gun. A black man, shot a black man. So they could steal stuff out of another black man's store. Black Lives Matter. Which ones? Does David Dorn matter? Is anybody saying his name? You didn't even hear this story. Because we all white people getting mad. There they go, burning down their own community. Watch the video. These paid agitators coming in. White, hippie, sissy white people wearing all black. I ain't saying all white people are sissies. These are cowards hiding behind masks, tearing up stuff. White people. Well, there they go again. They're just a violent people. Black people. We're tired of praying. What kind of Christian says I'm tired of praying? We're tired of praying. It's time. It's time to act. Yeah, it is. It is. We need to act. The body of Christ needs to write, every Christian, red, yellow, black, and white, needs to do some serious action to stop this injustice, need to do some serious action to fix this country, need to do some serious action to make things better, and the action is prayer. Now if you want to believe prayer don't work, please do this, hang up your cross. If you want to believe God is not the answer, hang up your Bible. If you want to believe that God is not the answer and a bunch of violent vigilante thuggery is the way to go, you have left the ways of Christ. Because here's the deal. Whether it's coronavirus, George Floyd, do y'all realize, hear me good, three months from now, Nobody's going to be talking about George Floyd. I hope three months from now, nobody's going to be talking about coronavirus. And it's not because they're not real issues. Life goes on. And if you want to stay stuck in the anger, if you want to stay stuck in the bitterness, if you want to stay stuck in the frustration, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be stuck. There's a solution for whatever problem you have. This might not even be your issue. There's a solution for your issue too. Maybe you're going through financial hardship. There's a solution. Maybe you're going through relationship problems. There's a solution. Maybe you're going through health problems. There's a solution. And the one thing I heard that stuck in my spirit why I gave this message today, the one thing I heard God say to me loudly. Because I don't agree. I agree with protest. A peaceful protest would change the world. Peaceful protest will change the world. I don't agree with the violence I see happening in the street, but the one thing that stuck in my mind, and I thought, man, I don't agree uh, screaming, uh, pigs, 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 kill all cops, fry them up like bacon. I don't agree, defund the police. Listen, defund the police? Are they stupid? They're talk, they talking about we want all police gone. Minnesota's right now about to take every security officer out of every school in the state of Minnesota. We don't want police in our schools because police are the problem. Police presence is the problem. I hope they do. I hope they take police out of the state of Minnesota. No offense. She from. I hope they take police out of New York. I hope they take all the police out of L.A. How do you think that's going to go down? Cops are the problem. They say defund the police. We got it all wrong. But the one thing they were saying that was right is to say his name. And if we would come together with the same level of energy to do good as people come together with energy to do bad, if we would walk in the unity that God said He would bless. And we would truly call His name. Let me tell you something I know about prayer. You start calling His name for real. Your frustration will wash off of you. You start calling His name for real. Your bitterness and your anger and your unforgiveness will fade. You start calling His name for real. That don't mean every problem will go away. But your focus will shift. And what we need right now today is a shift of focus. A shift of focus away from things that frustrate us to the one and true God who alone is able to save us. So what I want you to take away from today's sermon, say his name. Say his name. Sadly, there's going to be another name they're going to march for. The lie is that it's happening every day. Al Sharpton stood up and said, this is happening every day. If it was happening every day, it'd be on CNN every day. It's happening too much, but it's not happening every day. The lie is to focus your agenda into the wrong way. Jesus said, if you want to come after me, turn from your selfish ways take up your cross and follow him. Start saying his name. Speak the name of Jesus. When you're frustrated, speak the name of Jesus. If you find yourself being one of those that says, I'm tired of just praying. We need to do something. Then you have chosen your way over God's way. God said he would make every crooked path straight. That he would reward every good deed and punish every bad deed. Vengeance belongs to the Lord, but followership belongs to those who are willing to deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow Him. Let's pray. God, thank You for Your Word. God, I pray that You would bring healing to our nation and healing to this church, healing to our community. God, I pray that You would let justice reign in this earth. God, I pray that You would straighten these crooked paths. I pray, God, that you would help us to do better. Not just in social reform, but in spirituality, God. Help us to read our word more. Help us to love you more. Help us to value you more than we value the voices of people who want to stir our anger. God, I pray that you would bring comfort to those who are hurting. Save the lost. Deliver the backslider. In Jesus' name, amen. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.